If you're not reaching your financial potential, you're going it alone as a solopreneur, or you're lacking fulfillment and meaning in your life, then this podcast is for you. In each and every episode, Rock helps you create breakthroughs and results so you can live life on your terms. So get ready to unleash more money, time, and magic in your life. Here's your host, Rock Thomas. Hey, if you've been following me long enough, then you know that I'm the founder of many mastermind groups, including M1. But what does that actually mean for you? Well, it means that there's a group of over 400 people out there that are, are high achievers. They're from all over the world, walking different paths, but they're sharing in the principles and the practices of success, holding each other accountable and urging each other through positive peer pressure to take their life and business to greater heights. I'm so proud of the 75 whole life millionaires that I've created, the lives I've transformed, the people I've helped lose weight, quit smoking, stop drinking, and get into the best shape of their life. In fact, I've even helped people meet the love of their life. When you get into a curated group of people that want more out of life, it's so much easier for you to get more out of life. So if you're serious about getting out of your own way and creating a life you're excited about, then get on a call with one of my team members at rockthomas.com forward slash VIP call and get started today. So on today's episode, I've got Alexa Fisher, who is a teacher and an author and entrepreneur whose work she shares the common goal of helping people go after their dreams. Sounds kind of you know typical, but you're going to see that it is nothing but typical and and break through their fear. Now, she was formerly an actress and she has a huge imprint when it comes to you know, over 130,000 students online across the world. So you're gonna learn a little bit about the importance of energy and communication and a style of going after your dreams and not getting discouraged because a lot of people do. She works with CEOs and nonprofit organizations to those with big ideas, but no plan in place. So if you're struggling with a plan, you want to check this episode out. She finds most often that their greatest untapped resource is their own light. And she'll talk about the inner light that we all have. Her teaching centers around how to access that light practically and daily and how to create real change from within. She's worked with people from Traders Droves, IBM, Sony, Google, and her work helps them shine. She also has another company. It's a uh, wish-granting jewelry company called Wishbeads. And she's the author of the book, Wish Work. She believes that you got to work for your wish, but if you do, it's going to be pretty cool. And these beads are basically jewelry that you can insert uh, your wish into it. So you carry that with you energetically and you think about it and you move intentionally toward it. So let's get to my conversation with none other than Alexa Fisher. And I hope you enjoy. So great to chat with you, Alexa. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm absolutely delighted to be here with you. So, you know, I, I often like to, to find out how people got to the place that they're focusing on impacting the world in a particular way. So why don't you take us back a little bit to your childhood and, and what that looked like so we can get to know you a bit. Ah, I like it. You're like, let's go way back. Let's go back any back. You know, I will tell you uh, the most distinctive thing about my, about little Alexa is that I've always loved people. I delighted making people laugh. I was curious about people. I was outgoing where my brother was quite shy. And I think that has been a through line for every chapter, my distinct chapters of my careers. Um, and I say careers and we'll get to that. 
But that love of people uh, got me interested in theater at a young age. I was also very much a tomboy. I loved the earth, digging up worms with my friend Josh. And, um, but I always had a curiosity and kind of a joy of life. And it wasn't that there weren't challenges growing up as a child. There were. But somehow, I always felt that by keeping things in a positive vein, it would have a positive impact, not only on my life, but in the life of my family, the challenges that we were experiencing. So I did school plays and I um, found my way into some improv and so some performance. And so when it came time to go to college, I actually studied acting um, in, at Northwestern University. And then after a few years at working and living in Chicago, I ended up going to the Yale School of Drama to get my master's in acting. And one thing about me, Rock, is, is that I have one foot very firmly planted in the world of infinite possibility and the other foot very firmly planted in a very practical kind of logical business-like you know, trajectory or sort of you know, energy. And so when I graduated Yale, even though we spent an absurdly a long amount of time studying Shakespeare and Chekhov, you know, there is no career in Shakespeare and Chekhov and Noel Coward. So it was off to go make an actual living for myself in Los Angeles, which is where really the, the entertainment industry um, was. But I didn't initially start there. I was, I was in New York City and found myself doing uh, a lead role at the Mark Taper Forum, which is one of the premier theaters in Los Angeles where I met all of my, uh, my agents. And they said, little girl, what are you doing in New York? You must be in LA and do TV and film and blah, blah, blah. And so that is what my first, you know, my first chapter really began as a professional actress. And, uh, and then it evolved from there. So as a professional actress, because my daughter uh, does some acting in, in L.A., it's such an interesting career because it's kind of like, you know, everybody in L.A. is an actor, right? They're a waiter, they're an actor, yeah. they're a producer, they're an actor, they're a filmer, they're an actor, et cetera. Yeah. So what part called to you? Was it because you just love performing or was it because you love, you know, being with other people, being creative, being having such level of variety? What, what do you think called you there? You know what? You know, I was so lucky to have great training as an as an actress. And what I learned at Yale was really about the power of an objective. A character has an objective, asking the question, what do I want? Now, of course, the drama is the obstacles. And then the personification of who that individual is, is in their mind, in their voice, in their body. And that is what got me excited, that discovery. And then, of course, there was the layer of performance. And there is nothing more exhilarating and terrifying, which is so interesting, that juxtaposition of terrifying and exhilarating, is by being on stage. And uh, to that effect, I will tell you one of the highlights of my career was when I was doing a play, um, uh, Glimmer, Glimmer and Shine, uh, at the Mark Taper Forum, I was with uh, John Spencer. Do you remember John Spencer? He was in the West Wing. He was a very accomplished actor. He has since passed, but he was he did tons of television. You would you would certainly recognize him. But there was one moment where something went hay haywire, and all the lights came on in the theater. And there's only four of us in this play. And the scene between John and I, he, we just stopped. And all of a sudden, it was like the, the fourth wall you know, was broken. Lights were on in the theater. Everybody thought, my god, is there an earthquake? What's going on? Is there an emergency? And John just had the presence of mind. He just held the stage. And we looked at each other. 
and he looked at the stage manager and he understood that everything was fine. And then he stepped forward and he said to the audience, you're experiencing a very special moment. And this is the thrill of live theater. This is the moment that we all get to experience together. And he said, here's what we're gonna do. Everything is fine. We're gonna go back. We're gonna check in to make sure that we're on the same page. And then we're gonna dive right back in. And I thought this is everything that I love about theater. That's everything that I love about performance because you don't know. But isn't it interesting, Rock, that that's actually life. I was gonna say that. I was exactly we don't know what's that. It's like you say, you know, you got to know what you want and then, yes. and then the obstacles and then there's yes. things that happen that you can't plan for. Exactly. And how you choose to respond to that yes. in the moment is your life. Exactly. So, of course, so these are all the things, right? This is my this is my whole love. This is what I love. I love people. I love objectives. I love portrayals. I love the thrill of the moment. I love all that stuff. But you know what you do as a professional actress on set? You sit around, oh, you sit around almost all of the time. And that's if you're lucky, that's if it's going great. Right. You're already working. Right. And I found myself working and then I found myself in the terrifying moment that this isn't working for me. Yeah. This is not my higher purpose. This is yeah. not in alignment with who I am. And it all came to a head when I was shooting an episode, I was guest starring on the TV show Bones. And I was had fake blood pouring out of my mouth because something bad happened to my character. And I'm laying on the filthy floor of the LA Times building. And I was waiting for the lights and waiting for the director and waiting for the extra, act, you know, the actors and everything. And I thought, oh, dear God, what have I done? I have invested like a lot of energy, like in a strategic kind of business way, which is also not the vibe of LA, by the way. <laughs> a lot right. of people do it a different way, that was not me. So I already was coming into this industry like all like methodical about it. <laughs> and, and I was working and I had this horrible moment where I knew that I had lost my way because if on the outside it looked like I was successful, on the inside I was dying, I was like, this could not be any more. I've got, I've lost my, my direction. And furthermore, it pained me that people outside of the industry really put themselves down in comparison to these artificial appearances of the celebrities that they so admired because it was all a bunch of nonsense. Because if you're sitting in that makeup trailer and the star of the show walks in and you can't even recognize them because they look so different in real life, yeah. I thought, wow. What is up? So in that moment, I will tell you, I surrendered and I asked for a sign. And I was laying there with the fake blood, with the like, oh my God, what have I done? What have I done? What am I going to do now? Please universe, give me a sign. I kid you not, it was two days later, I'm driving in my car, likely going to an audition. And a woman that I had befriended on the set doing a Neosporin commercial, she was fabulous. She was the makeup head makeup artist and we hit it off. And I was working with an incredibly difficult director. Can you believe it? But true. Awesome. Yeah. And, and yet we knew we had this connection. Anyway, we became fast friends. She calls me up out of the blue and says, Alexa, 
I am doing a new business and I need a great media trainer. I have a very high profile client. I think you would be brilliant at helping her tap into some confidence on stage. She has a huge event coming up. And I kid you not, before I could even think, before it went to my analytical brain, it was a full body yes. I said, yes, yes. Let me translate my love of people, my training, my skill set, and let me empower somebody else. And I know I can do this. So, yes. And that one yes ended up opening the second chapter of my career, which was as a confidence and communication coach. I ended up working with her, making a website. One gig led to another, and I started working with Trader Joe's, IBM, Sony. I started creating online courses. And now, maybe nine years later, I have over 130,000 students around the world taking wow. my courses because wow. I was able to translate like, well, what does it mean to have an objective in life? What do you want? How do you want to make the other person feel? What are the things, the limiting thoughts that are standing in your way? How do you navigate that? How do you overcome that? What are some common sense approaches so that people can reconnect to this thing called your inner light, something that I call your thousand watt presence? this light, this star quality that people are all so hungry for that each of us were born with. Yeah. How do we get there? And mm -hmm. it started this whole thing. And then of course, very strategically, I overlapped. I was still acting and I was working with clients. And until one thing started to really take off, then I said to my agents, you know, this is actually what I'm really doing. And an indication of that truth was when, you know, the phone would ring and it was my agents. Normally an agent would, you know, an actress would be like, yay. And I was like, oh God. And I thought, I can't do this anymore. Like I'm not in alignment with what right. I'm going to do. So I had some wonderful people that I have. I did get the opportunity to work with, but I, it began the second chapter of my career. So still in the entrepreneurial vein, in a way performative, I'm, I'm teaching many times through video, but there was another chapter that I wasn't anticipating. And, uh, and that was the chapter of beginning wish beads. And if, if um, wish beads are a physical product, which is in the primarily in the form of jewelry that has a secret cylinder where you can insert a wish and you wear your wish to inspire you to focus on and take action towards your deepest desires. And, uh, and I can tell you all about how that got started as well, which was also quite magical. <laughs> Well, I, I wanted to segue to a bit to that anyway, because this concept of people living their dream um, usually goes one of two ways is people maintain, like I think Winston Churchill said, is success is maintaining your enthusiasm in spite of the setbacks. Mm -hmm. And so few people are that resilient because they get beaten up. Their amygdala is trying to get the easiest, least you know, confrontational path to success or the other people that recklessly go after their dreams and nothing will stop them, but they often don't have that one foot, like you said, firmly planted on something stable. And so their, their life has got too much uncertainty. So how do you help people move toward their dreams, overcome their limiting beliefs and stay, you know, congruently with their values and their integrity? Ooh, that's a juicy one. Well, I will tell you in terms of resiliency, one of the gifts of the entertainment industry, if you're really you know, acting and maybe your daughter is experiencing this now, is that there's so much rejection that is part of the job. Right. And I think when you're in the business of going after a goal or a wish or whatever you want, you know, a desire, there is this 
hesitancy because it's like, what if someone says no? What if someone doesn't like it? Or there's all this fear of failure and judgment and all the things. And I understand that. One of the gifts, however, was my training. And I did have some really wonderful opportunities to build that resiliency. The first was I produced so much work at Yale. The amount of material that was thrown at me and the hours that we worked, it built this idea that you could take material, put it in your body and just perform it, like just go for it because there was so much, like there was always more to do. That was wonderful. But then when I was acting and I was going out for everything, commercials and TV and film and all of this, the, the gift, the work was preparing for these auditions. But the reality was you only get, if you're lucky, you're getting a fraction of those. So the idea that you would be rejected was like, next. Like it was just, you just couldn't hold right. that in your being. And, and so I knew that going into this, it was just keep your eye on the prize. Now, one thing that was interesting about Los Angeles and still is, I'm still based in this, in this area, is there is an energy of creativity here, really creativity. And when you're on set, you're really talking to people that may be there as a gaffer, but they're also working on this other, other project. So you surround yourself. One of the tac tactical things that I would say to people is that monitoring who you are surrounding yourself with also is your necessary support system. So whether that's what the podcast that you're listening to, the people that are in your life, who you're sharing your ideas with, there was this well of creativity that kept my mind open to like, what else? Who do I want to meet? You know, how can I turn, you know, a conversation that I'm having in a waiting room with a fellow actor or actress into a relationship that maybe we can collaborate on something outside of that. There was so much more than the thing itself, than the yes or no and beating myself up if I didn't get it. I just didn't have time for that. Very important skill. So you learn adaptation and resiliency and flexibility by doing the thing. And that's not thinking about the thing, it's actually doing the thing. And then the flip side of this, and I know you can resonate with this, is that it is specifically because of your obstacles and challenges that actually is where you build your muscles of growth. Yeah. So instead of looking to push those away, I don't want to have setbacks. I don't want to have someone give me rejection. It's a necessary and actually invaluable part of growth. And so many people have used that metaphor. You go to the gym and you lift light weights. Who cares? You're never going to build any muscle, but you go and you face very challenging things, whether you've lost a business or you've a health crisis or whatever, that teaches you who you are. So I encourage people, whether it's my students who take those uh, to take my courses or, or customers, businesses, you know, executives who are using wish beads as a tool, the idea is to connect with what you deeply desire and welcome it in with gentle curiosity and love to be like, huh, what would it feel like to step into that vision of what I want to experience and the impact that it might help have in the world and then enjoy that delicious unfolding of that journey, knowing that the obstacles are actually the greatest teachers. It's not a metaphor, yeah. it's actually real. There's a great book written called The Obstacle is the Way mm. and really paraphrases what you said. It's interesting is, is I think people set goals for things they like, like let's say, I don't know, run a marathon. You know you're going to have to train three times a week. You know you're going to have to do certain things, eat a certain way, and get the equipment, et cetera. And they're like, yeah, I want to do that because it's a, it's a choice, right? 
But then the goal, when there's these surprises that they don't like, then they're like, oh, I don't like that obstacle. Well, maybe the obstacle is the way. Maybe the obstacle is the gift. Maybe it is the growth that I, I need in order to get to the next level. So I think that how you look at the obstacles as a teacher or what have you can change the experience of them. And I think that's what maintains the enthusiasm. So today you use the beads, you help people break through. You have 130,000 students. Tell me a little bit about what that looks like. Are people taking online courses or do you have yeah. Uh, yeah, they question take and online. answer periods? What does that look like? Yeah, well, it's actually still evolving. You know, I wish beads is a very full time job. It is a company that I run. I run with a very lean team. However, when I was beginning making courses, not a lot of people were making video courses. And I leaned into video because I discovered that that's my teaching style. I am a talker. When I've written a book, I've actually had a book published, but it was a lot more effort for me to communicate ideas in a written form than in a spoken form. And so when I had the opportunity to really develop my methodology, I was like, how am I gonna do this? Well, the creative approach for me was at the time, set up a camera, in a room above the garage. Now, mind you, I had two, like, I think at that point I had a, two babies. So I had like, put the babies somewhere else, give me some space. I will look into a lens, imagine the person that I'm helping, and I will break down my methodology. That first class was called Speak Up, Stand Out, examining your mind, your voice, and your body. And it was the same methodology that I was going to train my in-person clients. But I needed to like, get my own head around it. And so I would sit there and I would record take after take. And I would have, I would have a, a, my own methodology for outlining my materials, something I created thought bubbles. And I started making classes, online courses. Now at the time, there was a platform called Udemy and it was right. brand new. And the reason why I chose Udemy was simply because I could embed their player into my site some arbitrary choice. That's what I wanted. I wanted people to come to my site. I would embed their player and I would use their back end so people could take my courses. Now, I was so early to this company that one of the main people, this gentleman who actually, who just recently left the company, he was like my tech support, hilariously. Like we would call each other and be like, hey. And that was mostly a platform that was really tech-based. I was one of the only like personal development, professional development people. Long story short, that relationship grew over time and I completely benefited from their marketing. They loved my courses, they believed in me, they marketed me quite successfully. And so now I'm in a position where it's very easy to you know, answer questions and touch base with them. But the, the, the platform itself has limitations. So I've actually rebuilt, I've, I've, I've created two new courses that are going to be housed on alexafisher.com because I wanted more connection with community. I wanted people to be have a way to communicate with each other, support each other. So there is an evolution there, but that one particular vein happened almost accidentally and I rode a wave with them as they grew. How long ago did you start that? I would say a little less than 10 years ago. It's like a decade. Oh, wow. So yeah. you, were, you were ahead of the, the masses for sure. Yeah, yeah. That's super cool. And so now that you're going to be doing a little bit more interactive, is, is this a, a community, like in a Facebook community? What are you, what's your vision for that? You know, I'm looking to move off of Facebook. There's another platform that I'm exploring called Circle, which I've used for some coursework that we're doing in, inside of Wishbeads. And I'm finding it to be a little... I don't know. I like it. I think there's, I think there's a lot of distraction that happens on Facebook and I'm also not, 
anyway, I, you know, we don't have to go down the Facebook conversation right. necessarily, but yeah. I find that it's not a platform it. that I enjoy spending my energy and time on. So I, I enjoy the idea that people can post and, and have a little bit more flexibility. And so anyway, it has a very, very easy system to use that integrates very well with, I'm teaching, I'm putting my courses on Teachable. So that's another platform, just, you know, these are, these are very... Yeah user-friendly platforms, but teaching has always been something that I've wanted to maintain as I move forward. And as I come into new ideas, new experiences, the common denominator has always been to help people connect to their inner light, build that confidence so they can go after their dreams, but there's tentacles how to do that. And right. there's some cross-pollination between those two worlds. And so it's interesting that I'm at a place in my career where I am evolving the platform of Wishbeads, which I think a quick glance can look like a jewelry company, but it's actually a personal empowerment company where there's going to be more teaching, more community building there. And then the two platforms will likely cross-pollinate yeah. a bit. So just curious, you know, as a, as a teacher and a coach, and what do you choose to teach your kids other than what they get in, you know, the regular world? Have you, have you intentionally thought of some of the things, tools and resources you want to, you know, equip them with? You know, I, I have. I think that one, the best way that you teach your children is simply by example. Right. That's how you teach them. Who are you in your home? Who right. are you in service to others? Who are you in terms of your energy and your presence? That's, that, is the, that is the teaching period. On the flip side, I think that what one of the most amazing experiences I will never forget is Wishbeads began as a Kickstarter campaign. I was very much doing it on the side. And the idea came to me in the shower. I felt that I am, I feel, still feel that I'm the ambassador of this idea. It's a vehicle. And when I had to push it out into the world, I used the vehicle of Kickstarter for my initial product. And the kids watched me prototype a product. I had no idea how to make a physical product. It required so many new skills. And I'm, and I, and I would talk about that. I talk all the time, you know, that, that, you know, this is what I'm doing. Here's what I'm doing. I just, you know, and they were young at the time, actually. Because I think the Kickstarter was now at this point, you know, five years ago or something, maybe four, I don't remember, four or five years ago. So I'm at my kitchen table and my son, my younger son was maybe nine at the time, maybe, maybe eight. And I said, I am about to hit publish on my Kickstarter campaign. I really took him with me, right? That's the whole example thing. And I said, I'm, I'm kind of nervous, but I'm kind of excited. I'm going to put this thing out into the world. Should I hit publish? You know, should I do it? And he's sitting there, you know, hunched over his cereal, like, yeah, do it. And I was like, I'm going to do it. And so I hit publish. Oh, rock. He went into his, oh, I'm going to cry just thinking about it. He went into his room and he came back. And he gave me a $10 bill and he said, I want to be your first supporter. Aww. And I was like, oh my God, my heart's just exploded open. And I was like, I don't even care if this thing funds, like I am done. Like, you know, because if you can give your kids like this idea that look, you know, you can go after your dreams. You're going to have to work for it. That's why I wrote a book called Wish Work. I, there is a very practical approach to instilling heart and hustle into whatever you do. And so the lessons inside of that is, is, is really some of the key tenets of parenting. 
you know, um, have integrity, be kind, be in service to others. Don't be afraid of work. Obstacles are part of the journey. Expand yourself. You're going to fall on your face. Pick yourself up. You're going to have good days and bad days. I love it when my kids ask me, how are the sales today? Like, I love that stuff because my thought was, look, you're going to leave my house and that's part of the deal. You're not mine. You're your own person. And I would love for you to know how to cook three meals I would love to know how you'd have to manage your money. You're going to have to do your laundry, keep a very clean home and be a really kind person. If you could do those five things, I'm cool. Like go do what you're going to do. And, I, you know, and that's it. <laughs> and so that's where we are, you know, as parents, but yeah, I'm the first to say, I'm sorry. I'm the first to say I could have handled that better. I'm the first to say, Hey, you got to tell me where you're going and we're going to have to have open communication because we deserve that for each other. <laughs> but yeah, it's a lot of self-discovery with parenting for real. Yeah. And what I love about what you said is that, you know, you're letting them experience entrepreneurship live. It's not totally like, live. Hey, hey, look at me. I built this thing with no detail. You're like, okay, here's where I'm at now. This is what I'm going to do now. Yep. And that's so valuable because they see the ups and downs. Yeah. They see how you handle problems and how you celebrate. And like you said, energy, I think, is the edge. And if you show yeah. them how to handle those things and experience them, the good, the bad, the ugly, then they can they can choose from that perspective. Yeah. To show oh, totally. Beautiful. And you know, there was also a moment too where I don't know, I, I found this a lot with women, I have to say not really celebrating our success. Right. And the, I was watching my numbers and when wish beads hit a million dollars in sales, I said, we're going out to dinner. Yeah. I was like, everybody, we're going out to dinner. Mom just hit a million dollars in sales. And it was another like awesome moment. <laughs> it was a really awesome moment to just be like, yeah, let's celebrate. This, this is a big yeah. thing. And I think that I don't, I don't know if my kids want to be entrepreneurs, but that's really, you know, to be an entrepreneur, it's not like, you don't have to have your own business. The idea is like, are you really taking ownership of your life? Are you really taking ownership of your goals? You can have an entrepreneurial spirit and be a very corporate, be in a corporate environment. You can take every bit of the, of the risk and the excitement, the goal setting, the challenges, the wins, the obstacles, and just put it in whatever dojo you want in life. It doesn't really matter. But the, but the tenets of taking real ownership of your own journey I say that's the best. Then you're playing life full out. Like don't don't leave this planet regretting not having really tried to go for it and go after your dreams. And so I think that that's a that's a that's a big part of it as well. I think we could talk all day long, and I can understand why you're such a success on screen because you are very enjoyable to listen to and to watch. Very expressive. You're passionate and you're kind and loving and graceful. And I think that's really, you know, there's so many people that we can learn from, but learning could be a little bit more uh, enjoyable, I want to say, and I think you make it enjoyable. So thank you for that. Oh, you're so welcome. You know, I really love people and I really would love to encourage people to believe in themselves and to invite more joy into the journey. I am not talking about anything. I am also actively learning myself, right. holding myself accountable to. Um, but I think that we have 
made uh, we somehow have gone down a narrative where we're much too hard on ourselves and we and and fear sells you know so that's a very 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 strong narrative that's out on the interwebs totally. and if we can awaken to the joy of the earth and the and the knowledge and the humility that we can have in the presence of just our microscopic part of this unbelievable dance that we really know nothing about right um then I think we'll find a lot more grace and we can be here for one another in really miraculous ways. And that is the true meaning of success and a successful life. It's also the energy of money and it's the energy of allowing the flow to happen. So yeah, I'm definitely part mystical and part practical and hopefully my work in the world, whether it's through teaching or encouraging people to wish, just inspires and awakens people to remember how powerful they are to feel that flow for themselves. Yeah, beautiful. About, I don't know, 30 years ago, yeah, 30 years ago, I had my uh, opportunity to act in a movie with Patrick Dempsey. And mm. um, I was an extra, he was the star. And I experienced what was called hurry up and wait on the set, right? And I had the same, you know, experience. I'm like, I, I can't do this. I can't, like, it's cool. But the moments were so short, the cool moments and the waiting yeah. and everything. So I never, never, and I, I, I mean, I didn't act with them. I was an extra in the background. So, so but you saw it firsthand. I mean, all you have to right. do is be on set once and you get it. You really, really get it. And I, I didn't, I had a, a like many of us have a projection, a, 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 an imagine what something is like. And it looks glamorous. Why? Because that's, that's the industry is designed that way. Right. And, and then the reality of it is very different. And it does work for some people. But for me, I'm a creator. I, I like to create. I like to be in action. I like to teach. And I found that it was quite limiting for me. Maybe I would have been a better producer. <laughs> but now I produce other things. So yeah, I've got a lot more things cooking. So yeah, but I wish everybody, you know, success, whether you want to be in the entertainment industry or not, but it's good to get to just go for it. And then you'll see for yourself what, what resonates, know your own truth. Yeah. And I'm sure that as a teacher now, after you've had that experience, it helps you be more playful and expressive and, yeah. and, and comfortable on the screen, because let's face it, there's a lot of boring teachers out there and yeah. you're certainly not one of them. So how can people follow you and, and tap into some of your wisdom? Oh, thank you. Uh, two websites. The first is alexafisher.com, F-I-S-C-H-E-R. And then you can find my inspirational jewelry line at wishbeads.com. That's Beautiful. where I'm living. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life, where we believe that when people get the money figured out, it gives them a little bit more time to figure out and do some really cool stuff in their life. And so thanks, thank you for being a catalyst for that. Oh, thank you, Rock. What a pleasure to, to be on your show. I'm, I'm honored. We'll see you guys on the next episode of Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life. If you like these types of episodes, please subscribe and give us a rave review so I can attract more amazing guests like Alexa. So that's it for today's episode of Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. Then head on over to rockyourmoneyrockyourlife.com and pick up a copy of Rock's free gift so you too can reach your financial potential, enjoy extraordinary success, and live the life you've imagined. Join us on the next episode.